Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 38 of Death Readers. This is the podcast where Rob and I read through the Harry Potter series of books. At least that's what we're doing right now. In this book, we are reading, or in this episode, we're reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix, yes. <laughs> um, I just like that gob. I know. I, I like, my, I my throat like wants to say Yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Uh, in this episode, we will be going through chapters 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is the podcast where, as I said, we are reading through Harry Potter. This is my first time reading through the series. I have not read it before. I'm over 30 years old, and um, we're getting into it. Rob has read it many times, mm-hmm. and he is here to help guide me through the ins and outs of Potter Dumb, and I mean Dumb with a capital U M B. You're and my you're my Potter Padawan. Potter one. Potter one. Well, don't you're, argue with me, Potter one. You're my beater. And uh, your mom says I'm a keeper. I don't know. Yeah, she um, did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. If I'm so <laughs> if uh, so, that's the process. Is that I haven't read it. This is my first time reading it. We're going to just give you my takes on the stuff we're reading. The way we read these uh, chapters and do this uh, podcast is that we read through a couple chapters at a time, and we take page notes. So if you'd like to, we do recommend that you read through. Uh, with us. So, like I said, this uh, episode is chapters 12 through 13. Hmm. Uh, read along and you'll hear our page numbers and you'll be like, oh yeah, that did just happen. Cool. So, without f- any further... Ado. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into it uh, starting with chapter 12. Professor Umbridge. That is goddamn right. Okay. My first page number is page 226. Mine's 224. Do it. Oh, snap. Quidditch is back. Yeah, is it though? Just wait. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, you're talking about the new introduction of uh, Angelina? Angelina Johnson as the new uh, Gryffindor Quidditch captain. She seems cool. But, you know, I, I can't remember how much play the games get in this book. I feel like it's more than you think it might be based on the movie. Well, there's a pretty there's significant addition to the team. In certainly is. Certainly is. But uh, at least Quidditch drama is certainly back. Yeah, it, yeah, already it definitely is. Yeah, I, I just I bet you can't wait. I can. No, we had, a, I we, had could, a, we had a almost a whole book that was bereft of Quidditch. I mean, I could wait longer before I read Quidditch. I could wait my whole life. Really? Yeah, I don't <laughs> ever need it anymore. I never need more Quidditch. Okay. Um, two twenty six. Two twenty six. Okay, I'm gonna go first. Well, I got have one. So, so the uh, the twins haven't perfected the nosebleed nougat yet. New. No. But they also know that if you use it, you'll completely be drained of blood. Yeah. So how do you suppose they figured that out? <laughs> I'm sure they had. How some... many elves died <laughs> to bring us this information? They died happy that they were of service, and I'm sure their heads the are mounted. Many, <laughs> many house elves died to bring us this information. General Nadine. Wow. <laughs> Nice pull. Sorry, I would I could not have gone on from there. This is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a, a reference heavy podcast. <laughs> the main weapon system is protected by a shield generator located on the forest moon. I can't help you. We'll there. send a landing body to deactivate it and then allow us. To, I don't remember all the lines. No, I know, but I, I don't know Jedi that well. Our staff will allow our staff fighters to break through the fleet. And attack the main sister, the main, uh, fuck. <laughs> Line! Line! 
George, I need my line. This is crazy script. Ewoks, what the fuck? Um. <laughs> um, yeah, so they killed a bunch of house elves. Yep. That's my note. <laughs> 229. Go for it. Harry's stupid. How <laughs> is Harry stupid Harry's this so time? Stupid. Harry's very stupid, but how specifically? So he gets to take a class. Yeah. He spends like three pages bitching sure. about how he has to take a class mm. that talks about giant wars. Right. That sounds fucking great. What What does this idiot want? Like, he seems to only be interested in Quidditch. He's the least interesting person in these books. There's so... The only thing that makes him interesting is that he is Voldemort. It's the only thing. Otherwise, he would be the most boring, basic bitch of a character <laughs> in, in any story I've ever heard or read. It's it's terrible. He, he's like he's, he's like one-track mind. I like Quidditch and I'm sad. Fucking boring. So he, he like he he just he has a literal ghost that teaches him about giant wars. That's so fucking cool, and he just whines about it. Right. He, and he sets it up like everybody's everybody's tired of it. No one can appreciate this thing anymore. And it's like it's the it's so irritating. I've heard. Do you think he's boring on purpose? The professor? No, Harry. I've heard an argument for the character Bella in Twilight being so one-dimensional because it's super easy for anybody to put. To, to identify with and say, oh, I can put myself in this character because there's nothing unique about her that I could be the person that's the hero of the Twilight series. It's easier for me to imagine myself. Do you think that's the same thing? Um, I think it's, if I haven't seen or read Twilight, but I think that if your protagonist is, is super boring and disinteresting and the crux of your plot relies on the idea that a super ancient, many hundreds of year old, young, hot vampire finds her irresistible, then maybe your audience should too. That's the thing. They're not finding her irresistible. They're finding you irresistible. What? Because you're the re you're the one identifying. You're putting yourself oh. into her shoes. Yeah, I guess. And now the like, vampire finds you irresistible. Unless you think about it. Unless you think like, oh, this is she's boring. Unless you have that realization. Yes, it's great if you don't think about it. Well, I think that's that's kind of the uh, driving force of this whole podcast. Is, is it's great if you don't think you're about reading it? it for the first time and I'm thinking about it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great if you don't think about it. It's a good episode title. Just ahead of time. Just putting that out there. Uh, 2.30. 2.30. Did you have 2.29? Nope. Nine? That was you. 2.26? Nope. Did I run over you or 2.26? No, you... We had a misunderstanding at 2.26 and you thought I had one as well. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. 2.30. 2.30. Uh, why don't you go? Okay. Ron, cock-blocking Harry obliviously okay that's exactly my note but not the same thing you does you say anything about the cock blocking specifically i don't recall a rooster in the scene but i sure i, I trust your memory to insist that it was there ron might as well be spelled with two b's in this scene <laughs> nice it's uh often he might be you know fuck you <laughs> but this one i could identify with in a non-pleasant way I have been uh, the oblivious guy once or twice in my life. <laughs> yeah, but not most reading of your, a room. Most uh, you're oblivious, yes, but like the other oblivious stories you've told me is like you cock blocking yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, but that the just the vehemence with which he goes into this when it's not needed, wanted. Or appreciate it. <laughs> I hate when you get that look like, oh, he's so close to self-realization. If no, I don't say anything, he so won't stumble it. and fall. No, no, Shut no. Up. You're just, you got it, man. 
Um, it, uh, it, it's one of those, it's embarrassing to read because I'm like, it might as well have been a memoir. <laughs> it hurts. I'm it hurts. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry if it hurts. It, well, uh, what's your note? My, my notes are much lighter. Okay. Um, my notes that I really like, I like that moment where Ron calls out Cho because uh, you, may not, you might not know this. <laughs> But uh, it's an actual thing people do with sports teams, and it's oh, sure. it's a gatekeeping thing, right? Sure. So it's uh, I'm familiar with this in terms of like being a nerd and feeling mm-hmm. like you need to challenge people's nerdiness to assert that you are the dominant nerd. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, we don't get I've, a lot of dominance in our lives. I've so. done that way too many times, mm-hmm. and it's embarrassing when mm-hmm. I think about it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is a small plot of land to piss over, but <laughs> by God, am I pissing? <laughs> and uh, you know, like complaining about people who are like new Star Wars fans. It's like, fuck you. Even people like me. Like, I'm sure there are people who, like, like my dad was like 15 when Star Wars came out. At least he didn't like, you know, nerd dominate me and be like, you're not allowed to like this thing. I liked it first. But it wouldn't be surprising if that happened. Sure. With other people or, or like, I can believe it. With sports, though, it happens a lot. Where, where like, I, I sincerely hate Yankees fans. Okay. Because... They are the They're pieces uh, of shit. No, I'm. I guess I don't really sincerely hate Yankees fans. What I mean is, I, I hate that what uh, the Yankees are the most popular baseball team because they're the easiest to like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're they have they're the most historically successful. They're the most storied, right. arguably. They they're have, the Gryffindors of baseball. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but they except that's a school. Is there like a, I just, is there a, is there a World I mean, Cup team? As, that's... as Harry Potter fans read the books, they're like, oh, I like Gryffindors. Yeah, Gryffindors would be the, the default. Right. Like easy to like, easy to get into. You got to be a little bit more of a thinker to get into Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. If right. you're like thinking about liking those groups, you got to be, those are real Potter fans. Mm-hmm. But um, I say that as someone who's sorted into Gryffindor. Wow. I'm sorry, it just happened. No one in my household is sorted into Gryffindor. Well, no one in your household is heroic. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and, and and you know how I know I'm not a Ravenclaw? Because I didn't even think before I said that. <laughs> well, if you're supposed to think before you say stuff, I shouldn't be in Ravenclaw either. But I am. <laughs> so. More like Robin Claw. <laughs> didn't think about it. You didn't. You didn't <laughs> nope. You definitely didn't. Uh, so how he challenges her about her the team reminds me of like seeing people who just like like, will pick up a baseball hat and be like, oh, yeah, like, it's trendy. Like, the idea, and it, it comes from a place of being a person who has in the past been very invested in, in in sports teams or a sport team and been like, no, I have a, I, there, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of this thing. And I take some self-identity in the accomplishments of this entity that exists well beyond my influence. Um, and then to see people who treat it like it should be treated like a fucking, you know, temporary tattoo and then be like, you fucking assholes, you're not respecting this shit. And then just like, and even if the worst part is even if they did like respect the Yankees being like, fuck you, you fucking shills, you just buy championships, you pieces of shit. Anyway, it's, I've gotten better. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But like, she does a really good job of exemplifying this in the book, like with this sequence. Totally not even talking about the cock blocking part, just the sure, sure. sports fan fanaticism. Sure. So, sort of on the same note, I have a 231 note. Okay. Sort of the same thing. It's, it's this moment on 231 where Harry has, he's so close to realize, talking about being really close to realizing something. Mm-hmm. He is so close to realizing that in a really dark and fucked up way, he's going to benefit a lot from Cedric dying. <laughs> because if Cedric had lived, he wouldn't be able to get close to Cho. Right. 
I mean, would Harry be self-aware enough to think, well, thank God Cedric died? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I'm so sad because it's like he's he's just so close to having a nervous breakdown if he did. <laughs> if he just had that one, maybe that one thing. A little push. Of like, yeah, of like, if, if, if fucking Draco said it to him, like, hey, Potter, I see you're hanging out with, uh, with Chang. Good thing Diggory's out of the way, right? That would fuck up. That would be so Like, is that epic. line? There might be a line like that is in there? this book. I don't know if it's Draco, but there might be a line. The, I feel like Ernie? it comes is up. Is it Ernie? Come, no. Okay. It might be Pansy. Oh, wow. Wow. But she she might not be talking to Harry, but she but Harry would hear it. Cool. But I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I, I could be wrong. Well, well I'm looking see. forward to it if it's in there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I want it. I want to hear that. I want to see it. I want to see Harry fucking suffer. Um, 237. <laughs> Go for it. Room 237. Uh, you have no business with that note. Don't you even think about that note. Um, okay, my note here says there's a naked lady rotting in a bathtub. <laughs> Weird. Oh, she doesn't start off rotting. That's not what I see at all. Not what you see? It's just a bathtub, man. I guess there's no note here for me. 237. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Uh not taking your temper out on people who love you is a lesson I still struggle with. Oh, absolutely. I I really appreciate Hermione standing up like each time with that same um, calmness, sh- calm, and assertiveness, calm and assertive. Yes, she 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 rises to it enough to say this is not going any farther. Knock it off. But she doesn't let her temper get a hold of her. Right. Which is also a great thing. I wish I could do. Yeah, me too. It's. Goddamn fictional characters <laughs> being better than me. Oh um, no, it's 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 really great, and, and that they keep addressing it. Yeah. Uh, are you done with notes on this chapter? I got one more in this chapter. What's, what's your next? What's your page number? Two forty-eight. Okay, that's after my next two, so I'll just go through. Okay. Uh, eh, I'm not gonna do that one. I mean, we could talk about Umbridge and her awfulness. Uh, page two forty-two. Okay. Uh, Ron ejaculated loudly. <laughs> How do you ejaculate? Come on. Um, I don't do it in the middle of class, <laughs> which is where Ron did it. Double B's. In front of everyone. <laughs> Let's just say his his potions were pretty thick that day. Oh, no. What? It's a sticky brew. Uh, what's the context of this? Because I glossed right... So I, it, I glazed right over it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not going to do any more. Do you have the line? No, but I can tell you the context roughly. Okay. He, he, I think it's when he, uh, it's he's shouting, ejaculating. No, I know what yeah, ejaculate me. I just don't remember the the scene where I think it was it's used. in in, the, in, in class, class with Umbridge. No, it's with oh, Umbridge. Okay. It's when everyone's asking her questions about not defending against the dark arts. Right, That's right. this chapter, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. But the, yeah. but you know, the, uh, they also go to Snape's at some point. No, it's it's, it's by this it's this okay. time of the chapter where he's he's shouting in the middle of class and it and for some reason she chose to use the word ejaculated which i feel like is one of those words you should just leave alone like, like it's kind of sure it co-opted. has other meanings but right not anymore right, right. like i remember playing uh apples to apples i think sure. or something like that and there was a or it was a different it was a different game it was some sort of game where you like someone says something and then it's it sounds weird and you have to answer like it's like an answer in the form of a question kind of thing but um it's like a, it's also blank like there's a thing that's missing and you have to fill it in and i remember one of them was like I am an ejaculation. That was the clue. And I couldn't, none of us could figure it out. No, yeah. And the answer was a sneeze, which is true. Yeah. It's just also like, 
I mean, let it go. You should never call it no, that. No, no, it's uh, like the Star Wars cantina music. How? The style of music has a Star Wars name. Jizz. Okay. Because it's not jazz. So I have forgotten that that was a thing. It's jizz. I know. You go to the cantina, you get your drink, you sit down amongst a whole bunch of aliens. And you let the room fill with jizz. You let your ears fill with jizz. Ears fill with jizz. Yeah. Jizz um, jizz just creeping down your ear canal. Eargasm. Eargasm. Only when it's really good jizz. Um, I had forgotten that that was what the music type was called. And watching the realization uh, creep all over your face was amazing. Yeah, that's... You brought this up. I did not. <laughs> we ejaculated loudly. Oh, God. Okay. 246. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. 246. The umbrage scene is too real. Like the scene where the teacher and the student have like a confrontation of like a shouting match mm-hmm. in the middle of class. It's too real. How so, like, how so too well, real? Well, like, I'm sure I've seen that before. I remember in elementary school seeing one of these that was like very upsetting. I don't remember what was going on, but both the teacher and the student lost their shit and were like the teacher was just shouting at the student and the student i don't remember what it was about but like the student was going through some shit and i'm sure. not, we're talking like third grade right his this kid like i don't remember what's going it seems on to happen was, in third grade he was so angry i remember he tossed his desk oh he and this was one of those desks that was like the ones that were all the uh, they had that hole in the middle yeah where you everything just the slid cubby. in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It was one of those. Like a metal bucket and yes. the wood top and yes. very heavy. Yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. he picked it up and just threw it. And the teacher was like, you go to the principal's office right now. And the kid, I just remember being like, I was behind him. So I wasn't in the way of getting hit. Sure. But like, it was scary. Like seeing someone my age be violent like sure. that was a really strange That's going to upend your whole world, yeah. And and it was it was weird to see someone my age like take that, I mean, honestly, in a, in a strange way, like take that power, mm-hmm. like to be like, not a uh not not be like supplicated by all the trappings of the environment mm-hmm. uh like there's an authority figure i'm a student there's a, many of us we are herded you know kind of thing like just just completely revolt out of all of that and toss some shit was a strange thing to watch it's like watching an uprising and you're like am i part of this like, <laughs> I, I could do this crazy um yeah, I'm sure I saw some stuff in high school too, but I just don't remember it. I'm, sure, because it's this one is really scary and powerful because you really see like it's that thing where teachers don't have much real control. Right, they don't right. have much authority really. They like, the they illusion do... of it, and then when something like this happens, everything's cracked and nothing's ever quite the same again. Right, but like seeing it in a way where you can also really relate to the students. Sure, like, like righteousness. I thought it was very well done, very realistic. So too real was not a. A complaint. complaint. No, no just a, it, it was it, just a, this is very evocative yeah, and yeah, exactly. provocative. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. I, I, I really appreciated it. I thought it was great. She did a great job. I feel like Umbridge is like that because I always find myself really getting into how much I dislike her. Yeah. And that's the it's writing. It's, it grabs me. It, I'm just like, wow, she is. It's also a bit nunny. Like it's a bit too much. Like it feels very, like every time I see anything about like catholic schools yeah i was going to say like 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 a, like like a, like, a, like a a mother superior heavy yes. character antagonist yes. yes like either a uh what do they call places where nuns live 
I want to say nunnery, but I feel like that's wrong. Well, the nunnery is an old-fashioned term, Hamlet. Yeah. Um, but also an abbey. Yeah. Something like that. Like any. Like you said, yeah. Not an asset to the abbey. Right. I'd like to say word on her behalf, Maria. Okay. Makes Maria? me laugh. Well, you've put me in a position where now I have to solve a problem. Like what? Well, in this case, it's like Maria. How could you catch a cloud and pin it down? Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reciting. <laughs> I don't know what to call this thing we do. <laughs> Conversational recitation? It's it's. I guess that's a good way to put it. Like, I mean... The the listeners will hear it again in the in the in the extra episode, but it's a I don't I don't really know I don't know if I do that with anybody else because it's, it's so weird, like I like it but it's so weird because it, it takes both people knowing what's happening and how to continue it. It's bizarre. I'm sorry. I just had to say it's weird. It's a that's weird fine. thing. That's fine. Um, because it, it's not it planned. Like, that's what's so weird about it, is it's never planned. No. It's not like, we're going to do a bit. <laughs> we're going to do a bit where we just do the Maria thing. It just happens. Um, uh, what was I going to say about the Umbridge? Yeah, it, but the, the nunnery stuff, like, it feels like, you know, I just watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. Right. Has a I, lot of that in that movie. As soon as you said that, I was like, I know where he's going with that. It's, well, that's just part of it. But, sure. yeah, it's, it's a big one. Um, I, I'm trying to think of other ones where I've... Uh, uh, Dairy Girls, not to that extent, but Dairy Girls has... Yeah. Uh, a mother superior, or I don't is remember. She's going to retire title. soon. Was that? I think she's just she's just so like spiteful and like just resentful of the students. Yeah, and, like yeah, she's yeah. just she's jaded. Right. She's just tired of doing the same shit she's been doing forever. So she's she's just sort of nasty, not violent, and I don't think like like the no, other no, no, two, no. but um, or the not from the Blues Brothers, right? Um, plenty, plenty of a lot of nuns. Yeah, uh, it's sort of ironically, the only nun. I don't have that feeling for is Carrie Fisher. You have to walk me through it. Uh, she plays a nun in Jan Silent Bob Strike Back. And they talk about doing the, uh, what is it called? The, it's not the way of the road. It's the uh, rules of the road or something like that, where the idea is that if you want, if you get a ride from somebody, you have to blow them. <laughs> if, you, if you're road tripping. And so they, they get a pickup, they get picked up by Carrie Fisher as a nun. And so Jay goes down on her while they're driving. And she, Isn't she also playing Carrie Fisher? At the end of the movie, playing herself. No, I don't think Carrie Fisher as a character appears in that movie. What's that movie? When it comes like a little room and she's in there and and she's like telling stories about George Lucas. That wasn't in Jason Bob Strike Fuck it, never mind. Okay, right. They go down in her. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't have any negative feelings about that nun. Anyway, it has this feeling. Umbridge has that same feeling. There's got to be more horrible nuns that I've seen in, in stories, but I can't remember anymore. Um, the, uh, but it's effective. She does a really good job of, of writing that character and having that character be fucking like overbearing and terrible. It's just very well done. It is. Great writing. That's all my notes for that chapter. What was your last one? My last one is Professor McGonagall trying to be soothing. Oh, I loved it. I loved just to the, the, have the biscuit. Yeah. Just the whole... Have another. <laughs> Fucking eat it. I, she's so great. She's I, enjoy, I just enjoyed it. It was a nice moment. Nice cap on the Dolores. Yeah. 
Well, it's also nice, like, there's a couple times in those earlier movie, uh, the earlier books where she seems overbearing and mean. Mm -hmm. Like, she seems like the mean one. And I love being like, no, of course she's not. She's like a mom. Right. She's like parenting you dummies. Now you have, like, something truly awful that you right. can compare it to. My only complaint about, in these chapters, Harry's comparison and, and processing of uh, Dolores is that he says that he thinks that she's, she gives... Snape, uh, like a, a running for the worst professor, and it's like, no, dude, she's fucking exceeded Snape. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I know you've had more experiences with him. You've got personal enmity with him. Right. But she is bad. She's physically torturing you for right. five days straight. Right. That's awful. And that's fucked up. Well, we're not there. That's no, the next chapter. That's the next it? chapter. But that brings us to chapter 13. Detention with Dolores. My first note is page 258. Yeah, I don't have a note. Oh, you don't have any notes? I have one scrawled note that says, stuff happened. There's a part... On page 258, yeah. where they're dealing with the new bow sticks. Is that what they're called? Bow truckles. The bow truckles. And she describes them as having beetle brown eyes. And I say... Oh, I missed it. Take a fucking step back, JK. They can't have beetle black and beetle brown. Pick one. They're different color beetles. Not in my world. What? Ladybugs black. are beetles. No. Ladybugs you can have, are, ladybugs you can have are ladybugs. Ladybug beetle speckled eyes. Ugh. That would be weird. You'd have some sort of jaundice if that you had would, that. That would be weird, yeah. It'd be a fucked up... But I'm just saying, I caught you, JK. You think it's... Use a different illustrative word. What would you use? I don't know. It's not my character. But to recycle... Teddy bear brown eyes? I don't know. Sure, why not? Dead fish brown eyes. They don't have brown eyes. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. You need to find a, do, a new thing. Okay. Find a new thing. Doo-doo brown eyes. <laughs> House elf brown eyes. Sure. I'm just trying to help. Dirt brown eyes. Honeyduke's chocolate brown. Sure. I'm fine with that. Chocolate covered frogs eyes. Or chocolate frogs. Chocolate frog eyes. Chocolate frog eyes. Yeah. 259. Or, yeah, 259. So, again, about these fucking stick bugs. Yep. Grubbly Plank mm. mentions that if you've if you fuck with them too much, they might claw your eyes out. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, how many witches and wizards exactly had to be de-eyed before these twigs, like, ha started to have the prerequisite of, hey, before you touch these, they might claw your fucking eyes out. How many times did that have to happen before it became a defining characteristic of this creature that you have to warn people about? I can hazard a guess, but I think you're not. Like, Go ahead. Like, how, how many times did Wookiees have to rip people's arms off before it became a warning? Where you're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let him win. He'll rip your arms off. Feels like the same thing, but like it makes me wonder, what's the number? Like how many times does this have to happen before it becomes like how many times do people get have to be bitten by rattlesnakes before people are like, hey, okay, don't <laughs> let that bite you. It will suck. Uh, I feel like I could hazard a guess. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think you're ultimately not going to like it. Is it is it in zero people because it's house elves? No. No, okay. no, 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 not that bad. Because you did that one before. <laughs> I don't remember. It was the one about the book that when you open it, it makes your eyes bleed or something like that. Right. And we were like, I, I, my, the question was like, how many people did they test that with? <laughs> and then you were like, I think it's house elves. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> they made the house elves open it. Thank you, master. I'll open the book. Ah! <laughs> anyway. I'm assuming it's the same thing here, but you had a real quick answer. Uh, not real. I, I feel like probably a good three or four, but then I'm sure it happens all the time, and the eyes are just repaired with magic. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. I hate magic. Fucking the... Ocular repair. The one thing I have in in 
in no way contrast with Superman. We, we both agree magic sucks. Uh, page 267, uh, just the, the I must not tell lies scene, mm. the, the first scene. Sure. It's just amazing. It it's, is it's just so well done. It's great. It's... I'm sorry big, it's taken four books for me to get sure. congratulatory, but like... It is... But it's I, well done. It, it, it is a sharp, abrupt change of pace where... What? It cuts right in you. Mm-hmm. Leaves its mark. It does. It draws blood. First blood, book five. You don't need, it takes a while. You don't need ink. No. Then, but yeah, but book five, it takes a while, but it, it works. Like, I was actually, I read this, I was like, I wonder how, I wonder if people would judge me if I threw away the first four books and just kept this one and the next couple on Movement Swimming are good. Let's hope so. And then, like, <laughs> it was like, because it takes up a lot of shelf space. It does. They're, 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 ch- they're chunky monkeys. My next note is 269. Keep looking at my notes, like, the one's going to appear as if by magic, but it's Invisible not. Invisible ink. Um, Harry refuses to tell Ron and Hermione about the lines in detention because he considers it a battle of wills between himself and Umbridge, doesn't want to give her the satisfaction of knowing he complained about it. What do you think about that, Rob? Why? I think you found one of the reasons I didn't have any notes for this chapter because maybe if I didn't write down any notes, they'd go away. Because let's also draw your attention to doesn't tell McGonagall who would lose her goddamn tartan if he told her. He does not tell Dumbledore who would come down like the Thunderbuldore. <laughs> uh, I understand his point of view because ultimately, sure, Umbridge might be driven from the school or arrested for hurting children. And they could conceivably end the book a lot sooner because steps have been taken to remove the primary antagonist. Um, and the whole book will play out differently because um, at this point, the ministry is not firmly entrenched into Hogwarts. And so I think she could be removed from power real quick and easy. But she would have that satisfaction <laughs> that she got to Harry and that's not okay. That's a no-go. That's not all right. And it's worth all the other, everything else. One doesn't think about so like, the big picture when it comes to a battle of wills. I don't think that's necessarily cut and dry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is this what, like what we were saying about how, even though as a Ravenclaw... Yeah. You don't have to, you're, you're not necessarily prone to thinking about these things. Look, I'm clever. I'm not smart. <laughs> I've said this for years. That would be the best Ravenclaw, like, house words or whatever. <laughs> Listen, I said I was clever, not smart. Gets me in trouble all the time. That's, that's great. All the goddamn time. <laughs> um, so, in this specific style of Battle of Wills, big picture is not considered. Yeah, but couldn't it be? I guess that's all I'm saying is like, you know, couldn't it be? I, I mean, you'd have to be a different kind of person. Yeah, but couldn't you Couldn't you be a different kind of person? Just be a different person? Yeah. Like, is that easy? Like, you just wake up one day and like, I'm going to be a Rob with no bees. <laughs> a row. <laughs> I'll be a row. Well, I mean, I'm just saying like, once you realize there's more than one option, it becomes a choice, right? 
And so if you're sure, so yeah. it, I mean, sometimes there's a choice that's easy, right? Yeah. But it's also worse. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're saying there's a difference between what is right and what is easy? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes the right thing is the easy thing. Sure. But if you can see that the easy thing might not be the right thing, uh-huh. once you choose one, you're making you're making a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like, oh, I'm reflexive because this is who I am. Yeah. It's like you've already graduated above that to be able to recognize the opportunity to make different decisions. And then deliberately choosing to make one that you, I mean, there's there's a difference between like, you know, bargaining and, and accepting, you know, that there's sometimes there's no win situations mm-hmm. uh, and doing the best with what you have. And then there's, you know, being obstinate. And I just, you know, just thought that would be worth pointing out in the book. Just for in, the, in, the book. in the book. Yeah, no, it's a character decision Potter. that a character made and we're going to look at it just talking about it yeah just talking about it just talking about decisions yeah so that's what i think about it so but but you know it, we could go back to, to, to talk about the whole like waking up to be a different person sure i'm not saying that that's exactly what it is i'm saying that you wake up and you are a different person because you recognize you can make a new decision you can choose it mm-hmm. like that thing i said earlier about how i wish i was more like uh, how I wish I had really learned the lesson about like not lashing out at the, your loved ones because you're frustrated or angry. Right. Like that kind of thing. It's now that I've made that like realization, and it didn't happen th- today, but sure. I recognize it in the book, but it's a, it's a process of working through not being the guy who just lashes out to hurt the people who care about him because he's frustrated and weak. Right. Because that's losing. Right. Right. Yeah. So I just, you know, Harry could learn maybe something from that. Now, I'm not saying Harry's making the wrong decision by hiding this. Uh-huh. I'm saying his reasons might be the worst reasons. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm always the kind of person who th- thinks, like, probably would have been considered a tattletale mm-hmm. as a kid, but my argument always was more, I, I was thinking more litigiously, I think. It was like, you have to build cases. Right. There's not going to be one event that's going to be enough, usually, to take a person down. But if you can build a case... That there are many instances of bad behavior that accumulate into a picture of a person's behavior that is awful or destructive or detrimental to the rest of society or the group, then that will help remove that person from whatever power or authority they have or privilege that they get, are, are awarded. You know, I say privilege because when you're a kid, it's that's what it is. But when you know, you're talking about an adult doing those things, it's usually power mm-hmm. or authority. Um, so with her situation, it's like if he had gone to Dumbledore or McGonagall, they probably wouldn't have been able to do much about her, but they would have had awareness that she was doing some really fucked up shit to kids. Right. And and here's my main problem. If we really get real and fucked up about it, let's say she was molesting him. And we have a story about a kid who takes abuse from a teacher and hides it from his friends and from his other teachers. Right. That's not a great lesson. No, that wouldn't be. In the real world, that hurts a lot of people. Sure. That kind of behavior. And I hope that this... Is the kind of thing where student, like people who read it, who might be going through that, can see how it's going to hurt him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't I don't really think that'll happen. I don't think most people will get that. Most kids, especially, no. like will will see that that's the thing, and they'd be like, "Oh, I don't want to be like Harry," because because you're talking about a kid who's being molested by a teacher mm. or an authority figure, like a priest. Um, they're probably dealing with the kind of shit in their life that's so horrible that little Harry Potter's fucking fantasy problems aren't 
thrilling. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> my, my guess, my point is that, like, I would imagine it's difficult to take lessons from fantasy when your reality is so fucked up. Sure. And sad. Um, so in those senses, it occurs to me that making it more obvious would be more helpful. <laughs> Like, where, like, no, Harry is doing it wrong. Right. Like, he, and earlier, not with, like, how many, not less than halfway into the book. Although, I mean, I think Ron does have a moment where he says something like that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Letting her win? I mean, that's not the Sort lines, of, but, but, like, it doesn't amount to anything, no, does it? No, that's true. Like, he just, because he has, they, they just pivot to, like, literally the moment is Harry says, what were you doing out here? What are you doing so late? And Ron's, I can't, couldn't be more excited to talk about Quidditch. Right. And it's like, it's just it's done. It's like spew. It's like she has this really, really heavy thing. Then she's like, every once in a while, I was like, remember this? And everyone's like, fuck, stop it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. When it's the heaviest subject in the book. Yeah, yeah just bear a little bit of criticism. Well, thank you for that criticism of me. I, well, uh, no. That's what Harry would say. Yes, that's what Harry would say. Yeah. That's all my notes. That's all my notes. Okay. <laughs> well, that brings us to this week's new word alert. New word alert. All right. My first new word is asperity. 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 I feel like I get the gist of the sentence when it's used, but I couldn't tell you what it means. It's a roughness of manner or of temper, harshness of behavior or speech that expresses bitterness or anger. Hmm. Hermione does that in these chapters. Sure, 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 sure. I remember it. I don't think I... Yeah, I might have misread that any sentence I come across. New word. New word. Uh, next new word is... Soporific. Ah, soporific. It's a word I like. Put you sleep. Yeah. Yep. As in, that's some terrific sopor. Yep. Do you have a proper definition? In causing or tending to cause sleep. Yeah. That's it. You were right. What's the one that means sleepwalking? Somnibulist. Somnibulist? It's one of those good things. Somnambulist? I think it's nom- somnambulist because ambulate has to be in there. Yes. Somnambulist. Somnambulist. I don't want to put the U in there. That word threw, like, threw me for a loop when I first watched The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari because I was like, what does that word mean? <laughs> Why do they keep using that word? I think I definitely, it wasn't Caligari. I ran into it with some kind of vampire sleepwalky Lucy walking out of her house. My, mine was really tragic because I was like two-thirds of the way through the movie before I was finally like, why do they keep saying that? And then fiance was like, it means sleepwalk. And I was like, oh. This is all things been about sleepwalking. <laughs> I was like, it all makes so much more sense now. Thanks, weird Germans. And fiance. And fiance for being a smart person. Smarter than me. So smart. That's why I'm marrying her. Yeah. But unfortunately, she's not smart enough to not oh, marry she's, me. It's not a Ravenclaw decision. It or is. maybe it is because she didn't think it through. What if it's more of a Hufflepuff thing and she's like, I'm just, I'm fine. <laughs> it's okay. I love all. Everything's really good, I guess. Is that Raven? Is that Hufflepuff? I don't that's know. totally. That's the Hufflepuff voice. <laughs> the Hufflepuff voice is a little bit sleepy, a little bit. Hey little, guys, little I bit, made snacks. A little bit high, a little bit sleepy. <laughs> a little bit high, a little bit sleepy. Hey man, you guys, what do you guys think of badgers? 
You guys, have you ever love the color yellow? You guys ever thought about badgers before? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like snakes are cool, I guess, and like griffins are cool, and lions are cool, and stuff. But like, have you ever thought about badgers? What is a badger? What is a badger? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a ground dog. <laughs> ground dog. It's like a dog that's like in the dirt all the time. <laughs> yeah. They chase meerkats. I don't know. Do they? I don't know. They're such a mystery. Badgers are the most mysterious creature. It's so noble. I don't know. Why have we never talked about badgers before? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> I just don't know why people listen to this. <laughs> like. <laughs> it, it's constantly confounding me when I think about, like, people listening to this. Because our numbers are saying that someone listens. Right. Somebody listens to this thing. But, like, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre it's that someone bizarre. listens. Anybody listens. I mean, I know there's a pretty significant contingent that are people we know. But, sure. like, there's a contingent of people we don't know at all. Like, our North Carolina, like, listeners, there you know there's got to be more than one. Or one person who just keeps doing the re-download thing. Right. But, like... Somebody in North Carolina digs us. Australia, there's got to be at least one person out there because we got a couple of different regions, right? People probably go to sleep to us. Besides people we know. Besides people we know, <laughs> yes. Because I've heard of at least two people who do that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I just. I imagine the sequences like that where someone's like, that's the point where they fall asleep. Is we're just talking about badgers. <laughs> it's like, what? Why? What? <laughs> I, it would occur to me if, if I was the person listening, I would wake up in that moment and go, what? Like, what am I now off? What did I just off? Did I dream about badgers? Yeah. Dream about badgers in like, like Doritos is so weird. I know we didn't say anything about Doritos. Oh, right? Did the, we talk about the, Doritos? It was like the being high thing. Sure. Like, Doritos is like a weed food. Doritos is a weed food. I've heard. I've also heard. Um, What's your favorite Dorito? <laughs> Honestly, like I like I like nacho cheese a lot, but they don't make them very often. Monterey Jack. Ooh. Came in a black bag. They when, were my favorite. When I was in high school, they had this flavor, and I forget exactly what it was called, but it was some sort of like spicy barbecue flavor, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, dude, that flavor, I would, it, I think it was there an extreme flavor. It sure, was sure. Like, there was a Doritos Extreme or yeah. some shit like that. I think it was like a spicy barbecue, and it was the fucking. I would eat bags of that a day, like the the grocery store bags. Like I would just be like, I want more. <laughs> and I would they just be are. like just constantly. And my hands would be filthy with this like bl- dark red like soot of like nacho yeah. soot. Sure. And it would just be it would be I'm so just, delicious. I'm just saying, if someone were to come over tomorrow night to watch a movie, I should bring Doritos. I can't do that. I'm sorry. That's it's fair. It's um, I could bring I could bring vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to eat vegetables. Vegetables would be better. I can be vegetables and hot sauce. We get a vegetables and hot sauce. Is that a thing? It can be. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bring vegetables and hot sauce. Okay. <laughs> Those are my favorite. The, the ones of, of, of Doritos that are current, yeah. it's, there's a purple bag that's like a spicy sweet one. Yeah, I've seen it's, those. It's the closest to the spicy bar. I've had that one. It was it was okay. It was okay. It's okay. It's the best. It's it the actually, closest. It, it reminded me more of like a knockoff Dorito. Yeah. I remember being in elementary school and thinking that Cool Ranch Doritos were the best. Now they literally make me sick. Interesting. And I think I know why. Why? Because uh, it's like one of those uh, 
memory things like when you have like a an experience that's related you, you build that sure. i forget what it's called but you build like a uh, a memory associated with like a taste or a smell and mine is of being seasick mm-hmm. on a uh like a halibut boat okay in like a halibut charter yeah okay and i remember we're getting seasick out there and they always had like Cool Ranch Doritos because you could buy them in the Costco boxes sure. of the of the variety pack, and that was the ones I liked. So I'd go get them, and uh, and they're supposed to like soothe your stomach or something on the sea. I, I don't I mean, know. the salt, the salt. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. And so you you eat it, and I remember just like hearing people vomiting and like eating Cool Ranch Doritos and being like, oh. and you like, might so, not like the Monterey Jack ones because they're like a cheesier Cool Ranch. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. But like that. That's I can't do Cool Ranch Doritos anymore. Not like oh, I won't, but just like it I makes understand. me feel bad. Like I just like I just don't want to eat that. Yeah. I'd just rather rather not do this. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Death Readers. That was Death Readers. Uh, I'm and Doug. Dorito Talk. Yeah, Dorito Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Welcome to some very special post-show Death Readers content. Per our conversation in the episode about the Star Wars music-style jizz... I decided that I might combine that fictional style of music with an aspect of jazz, a very real-world style of music, uh, that also has a very funny name, scat. So here is, for the first time ever, as far as I understand, because I've never heard of anybody doing this, a bit of jizz scat. A pizza bop, a pizza bop, a pizza body boop boop, a pizza bop, a pizza bop, a pizza body boop boop. A pizza bop, a pizza bop, a pizza belly boop boop, ba doop, ka da ba doop ba doop dee boop, ba doop ba doop bop. <laughs>